Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial, episode 339. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Elisa, we Anyways. didn't have you on last week, and apparently it was for a very good reason. You didn't have any internet connectivity? None at fucking all. I don't know how, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how I got through that because, you know, it, First of all, the reason I wasn't on, I was camping. I was going on this camping trip with my boyfriend and his family. We were up mm. in Cook Forest, Pennsylvania. It's like very mountainous, very, very rural, and absolutely beautiful, by the way. I'm a big fan of camping. Problem is, because it's so mountainous and rural, we drove for an hour and a half in one direction, and for that entire hour and a half, did not have cell service nothing nada i don't mean you know i don't mean oh it was spotty service or i had one bar and it was intermittent no it straight up said no service on my phone no matter how far i drove or how hard i tried and it was like that for the whole five days we were up there it was crazy you were you had no internet or phone service for five days five days and we and and we stayed in a cabin the cabin didn't have a television <laughs> I was completely 100% disconnected from everything. I've never in my life been that disconnected. God. It was like it was I was it was like a different century. It was very trippy. That's I nice though, isn't it? I don't know, Andrew, are you like sweating right now just hearing this? No, I, I the reason I ask if it was nice because I think that would be very refreshing. The last time I took a social media break was over christmas not a tech break but a social media break which feels like a, a tech break and um and it felt really good it was nice getting away from the craziness that happens on twitter and facebook did did you feel refreshed once you got back i felt the first day and a half i was i was on cloud nine about it I was like, ha ha, king in the castle look at me no one can fucking bother me out here it was wonderful <laughs> and then like Day two, I was like, okay, you know what? This is kind of relaxing. Maybe I can see the appeal of this. Day three was more like, all right, mildly annoyed. You're literally saying no signal like at all, anywhere, no matter where I go. Day four, I started going crazy because I didn't even know what was happening in the world. Yeah. And I started like going, like saying to, you know, my boyfriend and his parents, I'm like, there could have been like a nuclear attack. There could have been something major could have happened. Trump could have been impeached. We don't know. How do you know? How do you live like this? Yeah. <laughs> like, calm down. Day five, the day that we left, I was just like, all right, it's 8 a.m. time for us to leave. I need to get out. 
Yeah. Did you drive until like you found a convenience store and did you like go in and check the newspapers to see if anything significant had happened recently? <laughs> I yeah, I <laughs> I I did like stop into we found a Rite Aid, which, by the way, I am convinced had not been updated decor wise since, like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was alive. So <laughs> it literally. Oh, and by and next to the Rite Aid, there was a little shop that said, fix your sewing machines here. Oh, wow. and, then, and then it said underneath of that malt milkshakes in the back. It was an entire <laughs> business. It did nothing but fix sewing machines. Like who the fuck has those anymore? Yeah. And made malt milkshakes. It was the weirdest thing. Like this, this whole area was beautiful, but it it really was just very trippy. But yeah, I once we got in the car to leave, I was just like, just pedal to the metal. You you gotta floor it. I can't live like this another well, minute. What did you do to pass the time? Um, I, I don't. Fish, we we played, we played we played games. We played a lot of board games. We went hiking one day. Um, made a lot of like mountain pies and silver turtles over like the campfire. It was uh, what just is that? Like, camping. What's a mountain pie and a silver turtle? A silver turtle is basically when you just throw a shitload of food into aluminum foil. You ball it up, and then you throw it onto your campfire. And it cooks inside the foil. And then you open, like, after, you know, you wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, you open it up and it's all cooked. It's right there. It's really nice. Mm. Like, make it pop. Anyway. Okay. That's cool. Anyway, do not recommend. I think the threshold for any normal person is probably like three days. Three days is nice. But once you hit day four, you start to feel like you're going crazy. So here's what I'm dreaming of doing. And I'm thinking of doing this during the winter while it's freezing cold in Chicago. I want to, and I want to make a tradition out of this. I want to go down to the desert for like three or four weeks, like Southern Utah or or the Palm Springs Joshua Tree area. Just get a little cabin. I found this amazing cabin in Joshua Tree on Airbnb. It has an outdoor shower. It's a really small cabin. It's like it reminds me of the cabin where Walter White tried to uh, wait out the rest of his life in the final season of Breaking Bad. I just want to take the dog down there and read and be disconnected from the internet and shower outside and masturbate and just do just do all the things I want to do during the day, but I'm too busy to do with work. So do you would would you say would you consider that camping? Though? Camping for well, hmm it's it's getting away from everything. Which to me is like I don't want to camp in a tent. I I have done that before and I do like it. But if I want to get away for a few weeks, I wouldn't want to be in a tent. I need a shower in bed. Glamping, <laughs> it would be glamping. <laughs> but uh, well, Lisa, did you, you had a you had a generator though, right? You had something to plug into. Uh, we did well. So, so my boyfriend's parents had like an actual camper, like the kind that like you hook up to your trailer, and it's a nice one too. It's pretty, it was like pretty brand new, sizable. So yeah, like we had electricity, but there, what what use is electricity if you don't have internet or television? Would you like step out of the camper and just scream into the void? What is Donald Trump tweeting? <laughs> In hopes of somebody like yelling back. He tweeted yeah. that he hates Obama. He tweeted, if a tweet, 
that Hillary should run again in 2020. If a tweet posts in the woods, does it make a sound? Mm. No. Have Trump test that theory. I did, though, when we left on when we finally left on day five. I was just staring at my phone, waiting for the signal to come back anxiously. And I was convinced it would be any minute. And it legit took an hour and a half to get it back. So like after 45 minutes, I realized, holy shit, I'm really in the twilight zone here. I did like at one point start to like silently cry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my face oh, is get it together, girl. Oh, it was bad. I wonder, am, am I the only one who does this like after a couple hours, maybe like six hours, like you're outside all day, you're busy, you're like not looking at your phone. And when you get back onto your phone, it just feels so good. You're like, wow, look at this t- cool technology. I can message anybody. My screen is beautiful. And this is only after a few hours I get this feeling. And this happens quite regularly. I have something similar, like after six plus hours of not being on my phone and then finally getting to it. I realize that I have no notifications, and then I get all upset. Yeah, it does suck but, to uh, be yeah, reminded it, that you have no friends. Or that people don't reply to your messages. Okay, so um, this is next in our show notes, and uh, this probably isn't the best transition, but we did want to point out that pure Puerto Rico is still missing power, water, and food. And unlike Elisa's situation, it's actually a very bad situation. So much of the country is still missing power. Um, Trump in the past week hinted once again that he, he could be pulling out of Puerto Rico in terms of the support. He walked that back, but we all know that he actually wants to do it. And thus, he is actually an asshole. He is actually an asshole. Yeah, I think this really makes it official. I just wanted to put it at the top of the show because I thought it was worth mentioning. I don't think this is something that we should let uh, be swept under the rug just because enough time has gone by. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are still in dire fucking straits. I mean, they they have nothing. They have nothing. And I, I don't think it's getting the attention it deserves. If you can help at all, even if it's just like five bucks, um, I recommend going to fondosunidos.org. That's the organization that um, was actually set up by the first lady, so to speak, of Puerto Rico. She um, is doing really good work there, and they're working directly with like the Red Cross, United Way, etc. So every dollar you donate actually goes towards relief and getting these folks food and medicine and you know electricity. So that's fondosunidos.org, F-O-N. D-O-S-U-N-I-D-O-S dot org. They still don't really know like when it's going to be back up, like the electricity and everything. No. No, because it's a mess. Yeah, no one's one's helping, really. Well, Donald Trump helped. He he threw some uh, paper towels into the crowd, like a basketball game. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. right. That was fun. Uh, and, And like a week later in an interview... He's talking about how the media ripped him for that. And he was like, I was holding these beautiful towels in my hands. And I was giving to the people. They said, Trump, Trump, give them to us. Trump. <laughs> he described them as beautiful. It's like, dude, yeah. they're basic ass paper towels that people are going to go and wipe like mud off the floor with. 
Stop and they were describing saying, like, them as beautiful. Give them to us. We're dying. Give yeah. them to us. We're yeah. dying. Um, Katie, who is listening live on patreon.com slash millennial. She is a better woman than you, Elisa. She says, I love having no phone slash internet service. It's my favorite part of Girl Scout camp every year. Well, more power to you. <laughs> Teach me your ways. I wanted to mention something significant that happened in the Harry Potter fandom on Monday. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway began sending out emails to people who are going to be able to purchase tickets on Wednesday. They're doing this kind of complicated verified fan program to weed out the bots from purchasing tickets and then selling them on StubHub. Neither of you registered, did you, to get tickets? No, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> Excellent. I uh, do, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did register, but I got put on freaking standby. Oh, my God. Do they know who you are? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm writing to J.K. Rowling and complaining, and she will never see it because she doesn't know that I exist. But but we – she knows I exist, but she knows for the wrong reasons. She hates me. Um, (laughs) uh, So it turns out a good 70 75% – we did a – I did a poll on Twitter – got on standby so very very few people are actually going to get codes on wednesday in order to be able to get tickets um the code doesn't even really guarantee you tickets it it just gives you the chance to buy tickets so you gotta you may have to look around on a couple of different days to see if you can find some seats available in the price range that you want but i was really surprised micah and eric over on mugglecast didn't get (laughs) codes either i'm hopeful that people are that they're going to be standing out sending out codes to people on the standby list on wednesday but so many people are on standby that i feel like it's those codes are going to be sent out uh few and far between this all just sounds just really messy like this doesn't sound like a a process that will help anything well yeah it's just the demand does seem insane despite the wishy-washy reviews for the script itself i mean it's great to see on stage um and another reason i was so shocked that i got on standby was because bruce springsteen's broadway show used the verified program as well verified fan ticket program as well and i got tickets straight away and other fans got fucked and i was like oh my god i'm so lucky and so then so then to be turned down by harry potter it's like fuck you! I got verified for Bruce. How could you turn me down for Harry Potter? Mm. But anyway, um, I'm seeing Springsteen on Broadway tomorrow, and you guys, I think I'm gonna die. The reviews are amazing, and I'm gonna be a puddle. Wait, <clears throat> the Wait. reviews, the reviews for Springsteen. Springsteen on Broadway. He is doing a one-man Broadway show that kicked off a week or two ago. It's running through February. It's in a very small theater. I'm going to be able to catch some of the saliva escaping his mouth while he is performing. That's how close I think I'm going to be. Is it a concert um, or is it it's a autobiography? It's like thing? a mix. It's like he is going to be performing. I think there's like 15 songs. I haven't looked at details because I don't want spoilers. The first time I'm going right. to a Springsteen show, not really knowing what's happening. So Okay, um, I just pulled it up. So. Okay, I d- don't fucking say a word don't spoil this for me i've i've held off this long oh oh my god oh shit andrew this is big (laughs) this is big i hate you all i am 
I am going to cry. I, I know that much. I'll, I'll I'll just say there's like three WTF moments in this show. Oh, shut up. <laughs> God damn it. Is he being serious, Lisa? Oh now my I'm getting God. scared. I'm actually looking. There's some... <laughs> There's some shit oh going my on. God. You all can suck a dick. You don't know shit. Oh. <laughs> I will say, Andrew, you probably won't want to eat or drink anything for Matt, these six hours. You, you need to be hydrated. Bringing, can you believe he's bringing the entire Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I totally know. It's, it's insane. It's okay. crazy. So anyway, uh, I'm very excited. Everybody knows that Bruce Springsteen means everything to me. I mean, I told him that, so he knows it too. Uh, I don't know what's so funny about that, but I'm very, I'm very excited. Oh, are you? Matt, you had a suggestion for a thing to ask? Yeah, so um, <laughs> going off of what you just said, we know that Bruce Springsteen means a lot to you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Okay, not a lot. He means everything. Mm-hmm. You are nothing without his presence. Yes. So one has to wonder, what would be your limit to spending money yeah. to see this man? Right, how much, I spe- how much I'm willing to pay. So yeah. um, tickets are more expensive because it's Broadway. Um, do you want to guess how much I spent? Uh, yeah, I wanna, did you buy these on StubHub? No, I was a verified fan. <laughs> so God I got damn it. What the Matt. fuck that means, but okay. Not Matt. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, for right. single ticket, I'm going to guess that you paid $175. I'm gonna say uh, around a thousand dollars. Split the what? difference. I, I it was a four hundred dollar ticket. Jesus, it's fuck. you know it's Christ. it's definitely way more money than the average Springsteen show, but it is Broadway. It is a very small venue. It, it's it like a, a cheap Hamilton ticket, right? Exactly. I mean, it's up there with Hamilton prices. Um, but I'm excited. But it, it's so worth it. You know, some people spend their money on drugs, student loans. I spend my money on Springsteen tickets, so that's that. Uh, if I'm alive next week, I'll maybe report back. I'm really excited for you to see what what goes down here. Thank you. I I'm genuinely very excited. I know you guys don't. I'm I'm excited that. for the people sitting next to you. <laughs> they're, gonna have, they're gonna have two shows. <laughs> I am going with somebody I've only met. What is happening? Met once oh before. Um, and he's gay and a Springsteen fan, like very rare, but unfortunately he's taken. So, uh, no chance of me coming up on that, but, um, but he is going to see me erect tomorrow night, whether he wants to or not. Laura and I, last week, we spoke about what we're being for Halloween. I wanted to see if you guys have decided what, what you're going to be. Oh, um, Elisa, have you decided? No, I haven't. Um, I normally try and get every year. I have the same conundrum where I can never find enough people to agree to dress up as the founding fathers with me. I try and get just like a clan of folks, you know, so we can have them all represented, all the big ones represented. I, I, I and I haven't tried that this year. I kind of gave up on it. So I'm thinking that I might just go for something Star Wars because. I got opening night tickets to the next Star Wars film, December fourteenth. I'm very excited for that, and nice. I think that I'm gonna get I'm gonna get dressed up for it because you know it's opening night; it's a big deal. Yeah, you got to so, impress the movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I figure I'm going to double dip. I'll get dressed up for that. And that will be my Halloween costume. I dip, you dip, we dip. Um, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sad that you can't find anybody to do that. Be the founding fathers, though. Yeah. Because you could be like really good, like slutty founding fathers. In fact, you could be called like the founding daddies. I wasn't. the founding no. fathers. What? Yeah. Well, it's Halloween. You have to be slutty. You have to, slutty. you have to slut up every costume. That's the That's show the... title, Founding Daddies. Founding Daddies. That's that sounds like a really bad porno. <laughs> Founding father porno. <laughs> yeah, it's like Thomas Jefferson, John Adams finally released all that tension, centuries old tension. That is bad history. Hey um, baby, I'll give you my John Hancock. Yep. That's a great pickup line. I see there's some porn on, uh, sorry, fanfic porn about the Founding Fathers on Archive of Our Own, which is a fan fiction website. So maybe you should read that. What makes you think I didn't write that? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised if you have at least read it multiple times already. Yeah, I'd be surprised if you didn't write that. Wait, what are you you being for Halloween, Andrew? I don't know yet. And I'm I I it's kind of just a hassle for me. I because you got you you gotta put all this effort into one costume that you wear for one night and you spend all this money and blah 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 blah. Are you planning on being in Chicago for it? Yeah. And I've gotten invited to a couple of Halloween uh-huh. parties, but Oh, no big deal. No, I'm just yeah. I so no, so I'm saying the pressure is on, but I I just don't know what I wanna be. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh well me and my squad, uh we're gonna my go squad. as my squad. We do squad costumes. Yeah. Um, we're doing Power Rangers this mm. year. But uh, That's a good one. We're, but there's a lot of us, so uh, we are just going to play like all different characters. I'm going to play Alpha. So I'm making my own Alpha 5 costume. And are these going to be slutty versions or no? Well, yeah. I'm not going to be wearing anything besides like the helmet and the chest and butt piece. Oh, Alpha, I see. Yeah, I, 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 I. This is a good one. Yeah, I could see you in that. Mm-hmm. Remember when you were dick pics in the cloud? Yeah, that was a great day. Actually, no, it fucking sucked. That was the year that it rained. <laughs> and then my paper mache cloud costume was falling apart. All I had on was tidy whitey underwears and hiking boots. So I was literally running back to my apartment with just paper and cotton balls attached to my junk. Hot. And then I forgot my keys. Well, I didn't have my keys because, you know, I didn't have any pants. So I had to jump up on the balcony to get into my, to get up to my patio and then open the door. So there were people walking home from uh, Halloween, seeing me in just tidy whitey wet underwear, climbing and spread, man spreading all over the gates of my apartment complex. And that was the first day Matt got catcalled. I kind of want to be a woman. Link for Halloween because I've been so obsessed with Zelda. But but you were Link several years ago, and I'm like, so eh, I don't want to feel like I'm Matt. Well, don't you usually do drag for Halloween? I have done that in the past. Yes, I was Edna Turnblad and Kate plus eight. Kate, yeah, Kate Goslin. Who's like the hot woman this year? Uh, uh Kellyanne Conway. K- 
Killian Conway. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Just talk with a valley girl voice all the time. Yeah, Jake, that's not what the president meant. Uh, oh. Jake, when the president said he wants Hillary to run again, he meant that he could easily beat her again. He wanted Hillary to run in a marathon. He thinks that she would be good at that. Okay, I'm going to add Killian Conway to my list. That's that's a good one. Mm. Um, a couple more comments here from people who are listening live. Angel says, I'd probably pay $400 for pit tickets to Taylor Swift, so I understand you, Andrew. And Chloe says, I just dropped almost that much on the Teen Wolf auction, so I feel you. See, these people get it. When you have something you're so passionate about, like Teen Wolf or Tay-Tay or Bruce Springsteen, you want to spend your money where it counts. You want an unforgettable experience. This is going to be an unforgettable experience for me. I can't wait. The Teen Wolf auction? Yes. Yes. People love Teen Wolf. Okay, Matt? I, I watched it. Hey, hey, I have probably seen more episodes than you, sir. Yeah, probably. I've never watched Teen Wolf. Um, okay, and that's it for comments for now. So let's move on to some news. This news shocked me. Uh, California is now the first state to require pet stores to sell only rescue animals. This was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown on Friday. Um, under the new legislation, all cats, dogs, and rabbits sold in pet stores must come from animal shelters or nonprofit rescue organizations by 2019. And any pet store owner who does not comply will be fined five hundred dollars for each animal in violation of the law. I love this because you go into pet stores, you see so many beautiful dogs, and you go into these mall pet stores. We all, we've all been there, and we're like, "Oh my god, they're so cute! I love them so much." And they're beautiful because they were bred properly. You know, they know the breeders know what kind of pets sell. Um, but my god, they're expensive. Because they are beautiful, perfect dogs. But what has always bugged me is that there are so many dogs out there that need rescues. We don't talk about this enough. These places, these rescue places, are literally called no-kill shelters because otherwise these dogs were going to be killed. So you are saving them from being murdered. So we don't have room for these extra dogs in this country or anywhere. Everybody Mm -hmm. should be rescuing the save the dogs who will otherwise be killed. Um, I rescued Brooklyn. It was it was nerve wracking. The the thing that scares people about rescuing is that you really you don't really know much about the dog. All they knew about Brooklyn at the rescue place was that um, the general area that he came from, his rough age and his behavior based on what they've seen of him since they've had him. So you don't get much of a history and it can be scary. It was terrifying committing to Brooklyn because when you when you buy a dog you are saying that for the next 10 to 15 years of your life this animal is taking priority in your life and that's that's a scary commitment um but it was so worth it he ended up being a perfect dog and I know that not all rescue dogs end up being that way but you can train them you can improve them um and taking care of them and saving them will be incredibly rewarding for you and they'll be your best friend so Please adopt. Or not. What? It's a toss-up. No, but I, yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I was really lucky with mine, too. I had, I, I did not know 
anything. But actually, just recently, I did one of those DNA tests on him, and I got the <laughs> what uh, DNA results back. Have you done that? No. The little cotton swab where you go between his cheek and then you just send it off in an envelope? Yeah. What? What so I found out that my dog is a Cocker Spaniel, then a, a miniature Pincher, and then a Yorkshire Terrier. Okay, I need to do this. What What's the website? Where do so, I get the kit? Uh, DNA My Dog. DNA My Dog. And it's a, yeah, and the laboratory's in Canada, so you know it's legit. <laughs> Not being controlled by Trump. No. Oh wow, it's sixty-eight ninety-nine. Why not just charge sixty-nine dollars? Why so price? Why, why price it at sixty-eight? Well, I think it's. Well, I think price. it's. I think it's sixty-nine dollars in Canada, but you know, inflation and you know the everything. So I, I have no idea why. Okay. Cool. But it's I great. I've always had so, adopt. I, I, yeah, no, no, no. I was just. Gonna, I agree with you guys. I've always had labs growing up, and I call my dad. I tell my dad all the time that he's like a dog racist because he is so fucking weird about making sure that like the bloodline is pure (laughs) and that you can trace back the dog's lineage, five generations and shit. And growing up, it didn't seem that weird to me. I was a kid. I didn't give a shit. There was an adorable puppy. But now that I'm older, I realize how fucking odd that is. And now I kind of really, the whole concept of breeding animals is really kind of strange and disturbing if you pause to think about it for longer than five minutes. It's very, very weird. First of all, the whole I, I, I agree with and I understand the fear of adopting a dog and you don't know anything about their genetic background and they're therefore possibly, you know, that's a bit of a gamble in terms of what kind of problems they may or may not have. But when we breed dogs, when we breed them, we create those exact problems. And actually, this is, this is just true. This is just scientific fact. Dogs who have multiple, who, who, who have multiple backgrounds in terms of like breed are far less likely to have severe health problems than those who were purebred. That's because it's, it's the same concept as like incest. When purebred dogs are very incestuous dogs. A lot of times at these kinds of these puppy mills and shit, they have fathers breeding daughters and they have cousins breeding cousins. And cause that's the way you keep, you keep the bloodline pure. That's the way that you, that you get a literal quote, pure bread. A lot of it's incestuous and some of it's not, but a lot of it is. And that's, and that we have destroyed dogs with our inbreeding. I mean, if you look at pugs, the way they look today versus the oh, way that yeah. they look naturally, they're completely different. Completely different. We've bred bulldogs. dogs. Bulldogs are another example. They used to look nothing like that. And now they have all these medical and health problems because we just think that they're cuter or better if they look a certain way. But, in the, but over the generations, we've elongated their snouts or shortened their snouts. Now they can't breathe. They die early. And, and inbreeding is just very unhealthy. It's actually way better to just get a mixed mutt. Way better. And so the fact that you're saving an animal's life is wonderful. The fact that we are that, that California is taking this step to, to help dogs and, and to get rid of this overpopulation issue uh is wonderful but but 
all of that aside, the altruistic reasons aside, on a selfish level, you should want a mixed dog, or a, a mutt, because it it's just better. They're they they are genetically more disposed to be able to handle uh, health issues, and 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 they don't have as the bad genes from the inbreeding that purebreds do have. So just go for it. Just do yourself a favor. Yeah, I agree. I just love California always seems to be leading the way on stuff like this. So they were also the the first yeah. state the other day to add a third gender to driver's license. Now you can apply as nine non-binary in LA all in the, the way, all the, all the bathrooms now, like the single, single user bathrooms, they have to be, um, it can't be male or female. They just got to be all gender stuff like that. You know, forward thinking anyway, what else is going on in the news, Elisa? Um, we're all going to die again, but this time and it's not it's not Trump's fault. Um, all right, it's time now for listener feedback. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all we need. No, sorry, go ahead. So, so doctors are warning of a literal, in some ways, antibiotic apocalypse. Uh, scientists a meeting at the American Sociology for Microbiology this month uh, revealed a study that showed some really disturbing trends for antibiotics and our resistance to antibiotics. There is a gene known as MCR1. This gene is antibiotic resistant and is spread through the world at a very alarming rate, far faster than any of them ever thought it, it would. Um, they did a study in China and found that in in the most populous area of China, 25% of hospital patients carried this gene that basically makes them completely resistant to antibiotics. Antibiotics do nothing for them. Uh, this is bad. This is very, very, very fucking bad. Um, England's chief medical officer, Sally Davies, said this, quote, the world is facing an antibiotic apocalypse unless action is taken to halt the practices that have allowed antimicrobial resistance to spread and ways are found to develop new types of antibiotics. We could return to the days when routine operations Simple wounds and even straightforward infections can pose life-threatening th- can pose a life-threatening threat. Um, and 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 the article that this is this is being reported by the Guardian. The article goes on to talk about how other scientists and, and other doctors around the world are sounding the alarm as well, saying that within the next forty to fifty years, we could see millions of people dying just from stepping on a nail uh, because they get an infection and antibiotics don't work. Um, This isn't just about fighting colds and and antibiotics not working to help your your common cold. This is also about, which by the way, are usually viral and therefore antibiotics don't help anyway. But it's not just about that. It's also about not being able to undergo common routine surgeries. So for instance, if you get any kind of a transplant, um, you need antibiotics to make that work. If you need to get your appendix removed or your tonsils removed or just basic LASIK surgery on your eyes, if you want to fix your eyesight, 
basic, small, simple things. We won't be able to do them anymore. Um, the, the, the group of scientists that revealed the pace of this trend went on to say that, that this could take us back. If we don't do something about this ASAP, we could go back to the days of, of, of pre-penicillin and that modern medicine as we know it will cease to exist because every single surgery, every procedure that we have requires antibiotics. And once they stop working on us because we've developed this resistance to them, we're fucked. We're just fucked. Um, and to put this into perspective, at present, right now, about 700,000 people in the world die from being uh, resistant to antibiotics. Um, but they're estimating that that figure can go up to 10 million people um, by 2050, so just in the next few decades. 700,000 people die today because they're resistant to antibiotics. 10 million people are projected to die by 2050. Every year. Every year. That's on an annual basis. Um, there's a lot of reasons for this. Primarily, the number one reason is because we are prescribed antibiotics all the fucking time when we don't need them. Ugh. Unless you really, really need it, don't take them. Um, ask your doctor, do I really need this? You know, I went to the doctor because I, I was very sick a few weeks ago and he prescribed me antibiotics. And I said to him, do I actually need this? And he was honest with me. He goes, you know, to be honest, it's a 50-50 chance whether or not you do. Your cold could be viral, in which case antibiotics won't help you. Antibiotics do not help you on, uh, if, if you have a viral infection. But if, you're, if your cold is bacterial in nature, then it will help you. I didn't take it. Because I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, it's not worth contributing to this problem. Yes, it took me three, four days longer to get better. But I did get better on my own because my doctor was like, frankly, I have no fucking idea if you need these. You should do that. Do that more often. Number two, the other problem is that sometimes people opt for antibiotics when they don't need them. So, for example, um, one of the issues is that C-sections are going up. Pregnant women are having are opting to have C-sections when they don't need them because they're afraid of, of vaginal birth. Understandably, by the way. Uh, I don't blame them for that. But when you get a C-section, they pump your body full of antibiotics in a way that they don't when you give natural vaginal birth. So it's, But a lot of women opt to have C-sections anyway when they don't need them. So there's all these sorts of trends um, that are causing this problem. We have to cut this shit out. The, one of the first things you can do to help, stop buying antibacterial soap. Stop doing it. Uh... It's bad. It's very, very bad. First of all, it destroys your immune system because it's making you personally resistant to antibiotics. So the day that you really need them, you're going to be looking back saying, God, you know, I'm going to die in the next few months because I'm resistant to antibiotics, but at least I washed my hands with this antibacterial soap. It's not worth it. Um, and aside from it affecting you personally and making you personally resistant, it also gets into our water stream. When you rinse your hands and, and it gets into our water and then people drink that. Um, so it's bad for everybody too. And it's not necessary. It has never, ever been necessary. The FDA came out two years ago and said 
any that antibacterial soap is is a great is hurts you more than it helps you. This is just this is this well, is a problem. They also uh, made like a like a recall of calling soap antibacterial. Yeah, because... they've they've started they've started to well I think they've started to instruct soap manufacturers to scale it down and to stop telling people that's actually. They can't. They have to. They have to change how they advertise it. Antibacterial mm-hmm. soap doesn't actually help you much at all. In fact, as I said, it makes you resistant to the very things it's trying to defend you from, and so it does more harm than good. And so the FDA has told soap manufacturers that they have to be very careful with how they market it. But it is still permissible. The best thing we can do as consumers is to not buy it anymore. You're not going to get sick more often. You're just not. That's not the way that it works. It's not the way that when you get sick, it's not because of the type of soap that you're using. This is so frustrating to me because I like buying things that say antibacterial, antibiotic, like, you know, the soap, the Band-Aids, the Band-Aids. Hey, we're going to make you feel better. And this is an antibacterial Band-Aid. I'm like, ooh, okay. I'm definitely buying that. I Well, it makes sense. I took well, antibiotics for a UTI last year. Am I going to die now? <laughs> no. No? Okay. No. Okay, I good. think you're all right. Okay. But what They're about pretty strong. things like a Neosporin? Right, yeah. What about Neosporin? I, I love that, that shit. I mean, it's not just like antibacterial, but it's also... Uh, it's like a liquid also, like, band-aid. Help speed up the, the healing process of cuts and... Neosporin is generally used when you have a pretty bad cut or wound of some kind. And so I can understand why you'd want that. But we can just start by eliminating this antibacterial bullshit from things we don't need. If you have a gaping wound in your arm, yeah, I totally get that. But there's no but if if there's if there's no need whatsoever, if you're just walking home from work and your hands feel a little sticky from like riding the subway or whatever there's there is zero fucking need to bring antibiotics into that equation just go wash your hands with glycerin like mm-hmm. every other fucking human for the past 500 plus years like mm-hmm. we've had soap since like the dawn of time and it's only been in the past 30 ish years that it's become antibacterial and really only in the past like 15 years that's become a trend and it's nonsense. It's not necessary, and it's really damaging all of us. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna take this lesson to heart. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop buying this soap uh, and these band aids that 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 promise antibacterial benefits. I'm just gonna stop washing my hands. <laughs> Isn't it true that like if you wash your hands too much, it's a bad thing because you start you start like you I can't remember what it was, but it it it. It lowers your it lowers your tolerance for germs or something like that. I, I no think idea. when you say when you say too much in anything, that's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, using too much alcohol-based hand sanitizer or too frequently washing your hands can backfire. Overwashing can cause hands to dry out, crack, and bleed, which allows germs to enter the body. So there you go. Hurts the resistance. Uh, okay, but 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 that's a that's a good tip. Yeah, I just thought, you know, these are the kinds of things I wish news actually covered because it's real news. 
It's actual news, something that people should be aware of. It's helpful. And this is why we love you, Elisa. You get straight to oh, the boy. point. You don't bring up the bullshit. I'm reading the comments mm-hmm. here on Patreon. Everybody's raving about you. Anna Mika says, Elisa is my inner inner spirit animal. Angel says, I love Elisa's passionate rants. <laughs> Andrew says, so I had back antibiotics for a UTI. <laughs> Sitting there in the chat. I, mean, I think we've all had UTIs at, at some point. Yeah. I never, well, I never did until last year. I think I have one now. I just need to find some cranberry pills. I mean, maybe if you just don't take antibiotics but just drink a lot of neosporin you'll be okay that's that sounds good i had um i i had a big makeout session like a week or like a couple weeks ago now Ooh, tell us and and with a man with a with a with a with facial hair a little bit you know stubbly and oh my god it cut up my face it was horrible i was like bleeding out of my lips by the end of it Jesus. When well, I wasn't actually. Really How did you survive? <laughs> but I was rough. I was roughed up, and then like I got a blister right on my lip, and then it turned into a scab, and it like it just wouldn't go away. And then it dawned story. on me, I was like, "Oh shit! I need to put some damn neosporin on it." And it lasted. It was in horrible shape for a week, and then boom! I put neosporin on it, clears it right up. That stuff's like magic. Love it. All right, and one more news story that Elise okay. is going to educate us on. You, you, you. This was a big one, so you have a lot to live up to with this next one. This is more of a <laughs> this is more of like just a funny thing that I've seen going around the interwebs a lot lately. Um, the JFK Records Act of 1992 mandates that all government records of John F. Kennedy's assassination will be declassified on October 26th, 2017. So conspiracy theorists are loving this of course because they've been waiting around on their sofas and their tinfoil hats for decades waiting for all the government documents to be released and now it's finally getting ready to happen and there are some crazy theories out there guys i've seen everything from that this that that jfk wasn't actually assassinated that he was a victim of spontaneous human combustion that's number one uh, there's a whole website dedicated to that theory, by the way. So this isn't like, you know, two random kooks in a basement. Number two, Oswald, um, who was who assassinated John F. Kennedy, was a Russian spy and was trying to start war between the United States and the USSR. Um, all the way to a like really fucked up theory. John F. Kennedy's wife, Jackie, was in on it and she conspired with uh, Lee Henry Oswald to kill JFK partly because they assume she was upset about John F. Kennedy's affairs. Um, so there's some, there's some weird, crazy shit going around on the internet. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think there's any truth to any of these conspiracy theories? A lot of people, the only theory that, that has even the smallest tinge of, of, of veracity is is this idea that um, the mob or the mafia put out a hit on on JFK mm. deliberately because they helped his campaign and he failed to deliver on campaign promises that he promised them in return for their support? That's a popular one. That's one that has a little bit of, you know, there's some evidence to to guide you to that conclusion, but yeah. um, that one. What do you guys think about this? That one seems most plausible if there is another 
way that he could have been killed. But uh, I just don't buy into all these assassination theories or these conspiracy theories. It's like the 9-11 stuff. I just I just I think people need to get lives. Like, And I think it's cool that all this information is going to be released later this month. Um, I'm not going to parse it, but I'm sure other people will and share what they find, if, if mm-hmm. anything. And hey, if, if it turns out that what we've known all these years is wrong, that'll be freaking cool to find out. But I don't think this is going to reveal any bombshells. I tend to trust the media, especially as... The media existed decades ago. I think they were even more trustworthy back then. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the police reports and how it all unfolded and reported and covered and whatnot. So, I think we're not going to learn any bombshells. But cool, I like that. I like. Yeah, this. I don't think there's going to be any bombshells either. If there really was, uh, there has been enough time between then and now for them to either fix it or make it not uh, as big of a deal when it actually does become declassified or they're just going to find a way to just scr- uh, scrap it from the records. Um, I did listen to wow, a... You uh, sound like a conspiracy th- theorist. No, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care. They might hide more information before it comes out. I, I don't know. I mean, I do think, though, that to to the folks who really do believe that there's some sort of cover up going on here, I guess my question to you to them is, do you really think if there's a cover up, do you really think that they they documented it? Do you really think that they sat there and wrote out like pages and pages and like Well yeah, that's what I mean though. Uh if if there was like some type of bombshell uh event that happened during the assassination assassination or something they they wouldn't have put it on paper because eventually this would get out to the public at some point right and of course i don't think we're gonna see anything i don't i don't think so either i think that anything that would be super revealing will probably just be redacted because declassify you can declassify a document and still redact parts of it um and I, i you know what i just don't I don't think there's going to be a lot that comes out of this except for the conspiracy theories that will probably get even crazier. Right. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward 10 days from now. We're going to see, we're going to see some shit crop up online and I'm, I am fucking ready for it. I'm so ready. I love it when the crazies come out like this. This isn't going to help anything. It's only going to make people get even crazier. I I completely agree. I, I, has there ever been a conspiracy theory that came true? Like, from any of these crazy people who come up with this stuff? Like, oh, JFK's head co- uh, spontaneously combust? Come on. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Jackie was... was in on it. Come on. <laughs> was there a conspiracy theory about uh, the FB- uh, the CIA, like, wiretapping uh, ML- Martin Luther King Jr.'s phones and such by J. Edgar Hoover? Because that was true. That was true. Yeah. And that does kind of sound to at least to me that sounds like a conspiracy theory that's that that a group of people would would feel. Yeah, no that's true. The they did they they did think that. They did worry that not just Martin Luther King but his whole movement was being wiretapped and watched and they sounded like real crazies. Turns out, you know, they were right. So I'm sure there's been instances like that. But 
there's a there's a difference between oh the government is watching me which is common and occasionally correct and spontaneous human combustion mm-hmm. there's a difference between these things yeah we wanted to talk about one other story uh, it's social media related the actress Alyssa Milano on Sunday night got an idea from her friend if all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote me too as a status we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem that was her suggestion that was Alyssa Milano's friend's suggestion so Alyssa Milano posts this and she says me too this happened to me too like all those people um who were abused by Harvey. Well, this blew up on social media instantly. I have been seeing tons of women, a couple of men as well, posting me too. And they are saying that the, the, the point of this, I don't know if you call it a, it's not a meme, but it's a, it's a trend. It's a, it's, it's gone viral. Just getting across the idea of how many people have been, verbally physically assaulted in most cases sexually um it brings light to how severe and common this issue is and i commend all of these people who are coming forward and saying me too because i think i think that's very brave to reveal something that is a dark part of your past and I can only imagine what it's like to post that on your wall to reveal that you have uh, been assaulted. And I, I assume that people are coming to you privately and hang, saying, hey, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And then it may dig up all these emotions. Um, so it's, it's, been an, it's been an interesting uh, couple of days on Facebook. I'm seeing one person is saying this on Facebook. I don't know if this is true or not, but based on what I've seen in my feed, I would certainly believe it. Uh, more than 5 million women and men have now posted me too. I liked this. Um, I liked this idea. I like this. I like seeing this happen. Um, I, I do recognize, however, the, the only caveat I would make to it is brought up a good point. Just because someone didn't post me too doesn't mean you should assume they didn't have that experience that they don't have those experiences. Um, it's it's a really tough personal thing um, to to acknowledge even inwardly, let alone outwardly. And so you know you shouldn't for every for every me too that you see you should probably assume that there's there's another or that there's two of them. So even though it is a it is a lot, and even though there are millions of people doing it, um, they represent millions more who aren't doing it, either because they're just not aware of of the trend, or because they're just not ready or willing to talk about it or to even acknowledge it, and that's completely their right as well, and and and, under, and understandable too. I would I would add, but I do like it. I do like I do like it for two reasons. One is it humanizes this epidemic and it forces all of us to see that it affects our friends and our family and it makes it a much more personal issue. 
when we when we think of sexual assault and sexual violence and harassment um and it, if it hasn't happened to you personally it's easy to just sort of read the headlines and brush it off and walk away but when you see your sister post about it on facebook and she says me too when you see your mother or your aunt or your best friend or your college roommate whoever it might be um, I imagine that that has to give a lot of people pause and it really puts a face to to this problem. And and I like that about it. I think it forces more people to acknowledge it. People who people who who might be apathetic or who just might not be well versed in this issue are going to pause and consider it for the first time because they're seeing family and friends tell them that it happened to them. So I like that. I, the second reason I like it is because it doesn't ask anybody to divulge anything. Me too can mean a wide range of shit. It could just mean that you were sexually harassed, being catcalled or intimidated in, in some form or fashion. It can mean that you were sexually assaulted or raped. Um, it could mean anything. And I, and I like the fact that it doesn't ask any survivor to go into details it doesn't ask any survivor to tell their full story chapter and verse it just asks it just asks you if you're willing and if you're ready to just raise your hand so oftentimes reliving the details of assault and harassment is very traumatic and no one few people i should say not not no one but few people enjoy or or want to do that but this this campaign isn't asking you to. It's just it's leaving the details out. You're just saying me too. I like that about it. So overall, yeah. I think it's great. And you're you're getting straight to the point by just saying me too, which is that, which is to illustrate how big of an issue this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting back to how many people have tweeted slash Facebook posted it. Uh, this information came from CBS who says there have been over a half a million Me Too tweets and more than 4.7 million Facebook posts. So that is huge. Yeah. It's a movement. It's a campaign. And this was all, you know, the, um, we spoke, Laura and I spoke about Harvey Weinstein last week and it's only continued to grow. More women have spoken out revealing their stories involving Harvey. Um, he has now been fired from the company. There have been talks of a sale of the company. They, they're just a mess right now. His brother has come out and really taken huge dumps all over him in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's been a very interesting week for Hollywood. Small side note here. I see Laura has written to us in our private Facebook group. She says, I'm at Endless Shrimp at Red Lobster on round three, and I'm not going to make it. Now, let me ask you something. Why why is she at Red Lobster instead of recording with us? What was so important about Endless Shrimp at L- Red Lobster? <laughs> why she was a brave individual. Why was Endless Shrimp more important than Millennial? I'm asking her. Maybe we'll find out before the episode ends. Oh, you guys, I can't make a Monday night. Endless shrimp. Okay, Laura, we believe you. We're sure it's for a legitimate reason. 
It's a. No, no. I mean, to be. It's like. I feel like. It's like. I mean, you can't turn down endless shrimp. I mean. Guys. Let's get to. You guys are going to be destroyed next next week. She deserves it. She deserves it. Here's a confessional. Uh, This person writes, this past weekend, I met one of my uncles and a couple of my cousins for the first time. I was really excited to meet them because my parents had always talked about how awesome my uncle is. They got here and nearly immediately startedly being openly racist. I was super uncomfortable and didn't know how to respond except to point out that we have both African Americans and Mexican Americans in our family. Trying to get them to stop without being openly confrontational while also pointing out that I wasn't cool with what they were saying. They stopped, but it would occasionally say things that would just make my blood boil. They even made some veiled comments the next day in front of my niece, who was African-American. What would you have done in this situation? My other family just told me to ignore it, but my uncle is moving back to where we live, and I don't know what to do. Help? Um, I'm a big mm. fan of just... When it comes to something like this, when it comes to something that is just open bigotry and prejudice um even if it's disguised as jokes or whatever i'm a big fan of just of 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 giving it right back to them telling them the truth like throw it in their face just be like wow lol that's such a funny joke for a racist i didn't know that you could be so funny <laughs> like just give it right back to them i i don't think that you should ignore it i really don't ignoring it is is how these trends perpetuate ignoring mm-hmm. it is how your niece who is who's black is going to feel marginalized and unloved by her own family um ignoring it is is why we have race relation problems in this country and it starts on on the micro level it starts with individuals and individual families calling people to the carpet for it mm-hmm. do you need to do it every single time you see him or for every single comment he makes Maybe or maybe not. That's a judgment call for you. But I really do think more often than not, you should. I really do think that it, you should not be made to feel uncomfortable in your own home, among your own family. Like, claim your space. That is your fucking space. Do not let anyone, I don't care who it is, come into your house and make you uncomfortable and, and rain down bigotry and prejudice without confrontation. They deserve to be confronted. I um, see the, the the tricky situation here is that this person just met their uncle. So it's like this new relationship, so to speak. And already she has to kind of get into a tough situation with him. So this is hard. I, it I, is hard. But I, I, I think that just to me, that just says you have nothing to lose. True. Now, if it's a relationship that goes 20 years back and they raised you and they were at your first birthday party and things like that. To me personally, that becomes more difficult because now you have history and you don't want to wreck an important relationship in your life. But if it's someone that you just met, I don't care if they're, if they're blood or not, like you just met them They're for all intents and purposes, a stranger to you. What do you have to lose? The mm-hmm. worst case scenario is they get pissy and you see less of them. You Good never riddance. get to see them again. Yeah, like you've gone you've gone this long without seeing them. Like, what difference does it yeah. make? And maybe just say straight up, that was offensive. I'm offended. I'm white and I'm offended. 
it's it's going to be hard because you're also asking them to challenge their attitudes that they've probably had for decades. So this relationship, honestly, is probably never going to be good. But also, you don't have to be pleasant in front of these people just because that they are partially related to you. No, I know, but if you have to see them again, it could be really awkward. So maybe just try to never see them anymore. Yeah, but it's going to be awkward for you regardless. If you don't say anything, then it's going to make you feel more uncomfortable because you know what type of person they are and you already expect them to say these things. Yeah. At least I do if agree you say with Andrew. something. What? I do agree with, with, with Andrew's point, though, that um, you're, you shouldn't go into it thinking that you're going to change their mind. You're, you shouldn't go into it. The purpose of, of calling them out and standing your ground and saying something isn't to change their mind. Chances of, of accomplishing that are pretty slim, unfortunately. The point of doing it is to let everyone else know that it will not be tolerated in your house. The point of or, doing it yes. is, 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 to, is, is to be is to speak to, to your niece who's, who's black and let her know that you've got her back and that yeah. you're not going to accept that. That's the point no, of doing it. No, it's not it. okay. Yeah. It's right. not no, an acceptable either. thing to say. Yeah, that was particularly right. bullshit to do in front of your black family member. But I think it's also important to to be honest when something like like this happens in front of you because if you don't say like you're basically telling everyone how you feel about this or how you feel about things and at least they will know that they have to watch what they say around you because yeah. that you don't believe the same values that they do. Yeah. Well, good luck. Feel free to uh update us in the future. Let us know what happens whether it's through another confessional submission or through email or something else. So that does it for this week's main show. Coming up in After Dark, Laura and I touched on the fact last week that um, Elisa is legitimately worried about nuclear war. She really thinks it's going to happen. And when she pitched this idea for AD, I was so thrilled. What, what are we doing in AD today? We are going to talk about planning for the apocalypse because I've become an end times prepper and I want to talk about whether we stay, whether we go, what we do, where do we go? Where do we even go? That's, that's the first question. Like, it, it, you know, if you hear something's ha- about to happen, how much time do you have to think at that point? No, zero. You have zero fucking minutes. You have to plan now. Think about it now. So mm-hmm. I want to gauge how serious you guys are about this. Um, and tell you what my plans are. Okay. We also ask people in the group uh, for their suggestions as well. By the way, I have an update here with from Laura. She says, because I had already had plans to do this with my friends before you all started trying to schedule hashtag sorry, not sorry. Well, jerks on her because we just learned tonight that she actually makes plans to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's that's below the belt because there is a ring of truth to it. <laughs> that's like saying I made plans to go to Applebee's later this week. Uh, okay. For their dollaritas. <laughs> that's nice. Did you guys hear about this, by the way? Speaking of millennials and Applebee's, 
They all through October they're doing dollaritas. They're one dollar margaritas. I tried yeah. these with my brother and mother the other day. They actually, I mean, they were garbage. It was garbage, bottom of the barrel tequila, but the, they do hit you pretty damn quick. And uh, I would recommend them. That's my recommendation this week. Go to Applebee's, get some food, and enjoy some one dollar margaritas. I bet they taste amazing. <laughs> no, they they sure do. They they pour it out of a big ass pitcher sitting behind the bar, a pre made pitcher. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> Ugh. Thanks everybody for listening. I wanted to also plug um our Patreon, one of our new Patreon benefits. Elisa, you've recently posted the first palace intrigue. Can you describe that for us, please? Uh a number of years ago, the four of us sat down and wrote Mugglefuck, a history. It is the first chapter and a complete outline for a book that is that goes behind the scenes in the Harry Potter fandom. Um, this is something that until just last week was only seen by the four of us. It was just a way for us to vent about how frustrated we were with, with certain parts of the fandom and certain people in particular. So it's basically us making fun of it. Um, you kind of have to read it to get it. And uh, I, I I suggest doing that. And so you that's what the names to protect the innocent, didn't you? I did. I changed I changed the names to to avoid lawsuits and uh, <laughs> and what have you. But but uh, there's I have some other ideas for Palace Intrigue too. I'm getting ready to post some videos from our time ziplining together when oh, we all good. got together for the election. Yeah, um, nice. There's one video in particular of Laura where she steps on this bridge that wobbles and the look of sheer terror on her face is something that I'm looking I'm looking forward to sharing with everybody. That was um, and some other things too. That was so fun. And you know you know what else is great about that video? We're still we still have that glow on our faces. Um the Hillary is totally going to win glow because it was like yeah. a day or two before the election took place, so we were all living in a better time <laughs> that's true too yeah mm-hmm. uh two days before everything changed sigh well times were good then on that note we'll be talking about the apocalypse in a few minutes so listen to us over on patreon to hear that and by the way there's a special rss feed just for patrons that you can add to your podcast app and you can get after dark and hashing it out and any other audio content that we release over on patreon directly to your podcasting app it's just like listening to millennial thanks everyone for listening i'm andrew i'm elisa and i'm matt goodbye